I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Um, all right, breaking news. Literally moments ago, British Columbia announced Tricafta oh, wow. being funded in BC. Dude, okay, so it's like, it's like, what it's, do you think? Like, I don't know. Do you think a month? Is there is there more to know. that? Are there, like, That's I, it. That's I was, all I, I was waiting for you to say, and I, I Nova hear, Scotia. No, I feel, here. I feel like benefit of the doubt. If I, if I'm if I'm being generous. I would say benefit of the doubt to the Nova Scotia government is that we just had an election. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so too. I would say as well. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when we released our episode last week, we were like, tweet at Michelle Thompson. Now, we record these on Tuesdays, our Feel Good Friday episodes, typically. So if by Friday, news has changed, then news has changed. But as it stands right now, uh, BC is the fifth province to to add Tricafta to the uh, Half-seas. to the formulary. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Again, if, uh, if it hasn't changed, get on Twitter and send that tweet. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Yeah. Join Damn. the 100,000 people that last week that did that. We really do appreciate yes. so many people doing that. And uh, please join. Just a little the, humble brag there of our numbers. Join, join, the, <laughs> join, the, uh, join, the, uh, join the sicko army. We're trying to reach a million this week. Okay, so. so I wanted to get that right out of the way. Um, and now I want to move into a little bit of a personal note. How many optometrists do you think listen to our show? Seven. It's an optometrist, right? The, the person, the doctor that works on the eyes? That's or is op- that an ophthalmologist? Ah, fuck, really, guys? Op- optometrist? Ophthalmo- I think it's an ophthalmologist. What's the difference no. between... Because there's a difference between an optometrist... <laughs> an optometrist, I don't think, is a... I could be fucking this up. Ophthalmologists diagnose and treat injuries, infections, diseases, and disorders in the eye. And what did I say? I think an optometrist. optometrist. I think they deal with eyesight. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Optometrist. Here we go. Hold on. Optometrist. Doctors of optometry. America's primary eye healthcare providers are the front line of eye. Well, this is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if so you know. If right. you know the so difference. It seems like we've got an overlap here. But I feel like you got to just Google optometrist versus yeah, ophthalmologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. This is my Op- favorite thing. Ophthalmologist. Do you think Here that this go. is going to be like a psychologist and it. psychiatrist thing where like there's so much overlap? Hey, it is. Uh, the major difference between an optometrist and an ophthalmologist is that an ophthalmologist is a licensed me- medical doctor and an optometrist is a doctor of optometry, an OD. So the difference between an MD and an OD, mm. as a licensed MD, an ophthalmologist can perform eye surgery. 
whereas an ophthalmologist or an optometrist cannot. Right. Okay. That's, so that's better. That's more clarifying. I stand by my question. How many optometrists do you think listen to the show? Dude, I mean, that's a 48. That's like a how many people are dead in this graveyard. 48? How many optometrists are there in a, in, out of 100,000 people? Come on, guys. Well, that's how many people wrote to Michelle Thompson last week. So I'm just trying to figure it out. My hope is that at least one is listening. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's for sure. for sure. You think yeah. it's for sure? Yeah. Yeah. I think the chances <laughs> are high, but I'm going to hope that at least one is. You could be like, how many people do you think listen to the show that are in a scat play? There's definitely one. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, know? you, could, you could also say, how, because I know what your real question oh, is. Hey, stop feasting on the plants. What your real question is, is <laughs> you're, you're looking for advice. So you yes. want, so your real question is, out of all of the optometrists that listen, or ophthalmologists, how many of them will write in with a response <laughs> to your right. question? That's right. So I'm not really looking for <laughs> advice, because I have something interesting that I want to get to the fucking bottom of. Have you guys noticed anything different about me lately? You're not you wearing your glasses. Been wearing your glasses? Yeah, I haven't been wearing my glasses. You want to know why? I mean, why? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't actually notice that. I just inferred that by the way that you're talking. Yeah, right me now. too. And so, also, you sort of you sort of tilted your head, and <laughs> yeah. like presented your face. Like, do you notice anything different about <laughs> the upper third of my about head, where I usually wear glasses? <laughs> so the thing about glasses and me is that glasses are a new thing in my life. I've only started wearing them really in the last several months. Um, never had to wear them in my entire life. I'm 33 years old. And I started noticing that my left eye was getting really shitty. Like I would close my right eye and I couldn't read, I couldn't read that case of Red Bull over there. Um, which yeah. is about, I don't know, what, what's that, like 10 feet away? Which right? case of that? Red Bull? Because we have the one on the counter. so many cases yeah. of Red Bull. Or those ones up on the top shelf. So so I was noticing this issue and I went, well, I guess I got to go see an optometrist, which I did. Now, he spoke very quickly and <laughs> English was not his first language. And I had a hard time. I had a hard time retaining a lot of the things that he said to me in my appointment. But what I did gather was that I have an astigmatism. I think we talked about this on the show. Yeah. I had an astigmatism and I had a very small, uh, a, a, a sort of minor prescription needed for my eyes mm -hmm. left eye in particular so i ordered some glasses from um warby parker and i actually it helped a lot wearing the glasses it took care of the issue on top of that i actually really liked the way that glasses looked on my face i was like oh i've always kind of wanted to wear glasses and now I now I have to. This and, and you never wanted to go down the path of Brian where you got glasses that don't have an actual lens in there. Fuck no. Fake ne glasses. Never yeah. going to do that. Yeah. Fuck boy shit. They're, they're yeah. for blue light. But anyway, you guys wouldn't know much about that. Definitely not for blue yeah. light. But Okay. Yeah. And so so I was wearing the glasses for a while. <laughs> and, then, and then what I noticed. So again, this is like maybe six months of wearing glasses. Over the last like month, I started to notice about midway through the day, I would get these like... Not, not so much a headache, not a full-on headache, but I would feel like, like almost pressure in my face. And I'm going, what the fuck? Like, why am I so fucking uncomfortable? Yep. And I'm like taking Advil every day. Silence. And so I, I then was like, well, maybe it's my glasses. So I took my glasses off, didn't wear them. And can we turn our fucking phones what, off? Dude, what the fuck, guys? Not mine. Mine's not on. Mine's not on. Is it yours? No. Oh, it's his fucking new iPad. Your fucking That's iPad. That's what it is. 
God damn. Get your shit together, Brian. We're also looking for new hosts. <laughs> and he's getting really bored about your eyes. Sorry, <laughs> keep going. So, so I took my glasses off and I didn't wear them for a full day and I didn't have the headache. Then I started to fucking cover my eye. Dude, my eye is fine. Hold on, guys. It's not me. We got to get to the bottom of this. What's going on? It is you. Are you you're getting dings. You're where, getting fucking where, ding-donged where, where, up. Where's it coming from? Dude, there's so many ding-dongs is, happening. Is it your fucking watch? Oh, is it your watch? You've got four no, Apple no, devices I don't, I don't have an Apple connected watch on. to your body right I, now. But it, well, but guys, my, this is we're, we, this is we were real great track. I here. honestly don't know where it's coming from because the volume is off on this and this, and it and I just got it. Where is that coming from? Well, it's coming from this direction. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like, is it coming from your asshole? What are you doing? I'll just turn off all my devices. Brian's got a good idea. Brian's got an Apple heart rate. Uh, uh, oh uh, he's got an, uh, the new Apple, the new Apple butthole sensor. <laughs> who's uh, who's sending me all these messages, <sighs> you guys? I don't know, man. It's lit- literally. It's, it's every two seconds. Christ. Okay. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that, everybody. Yeah. So how long uh, have we been doing this thing for? So. My question is, is that fuck? Is it fucking possible? Like, how is my eye? My eye is better now. Like, if I cl- if I close my right eye, I can see with my left eye fine. Oh well, they, you just got a misdiagnosis. Yeah, that's all. So what the fuck was it? Just a what the fuck was going on with my? Eye? I don't know. I find that sometimes. But hold on, hold on. Here's why I challenge that because the glasses actually helped when I yeah. got the glasses. Right. But how long? How long were you experiencing the issue? Before you got the glasses, like, did you notice it? And then you went right to the, it was, the it, optometrist or yeah, it was very, it was very rapid. It came on, <laughs> it came on maybe in a, in the span of like a week and it lasted for like three weeks before I went and got checked. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. I, I've had experiences where I have, um, if I've fallen asleep in a, like a really weird way, um, you know, like t- traveling, like sleeping on a plane or sleeping on a, yeah. on the floor of an airport or something like that, where your face is smashed into something and I'll wake up and my vision will be kind of fucked up in both or one eye for a period of time. I mean, I'm talking an hour, yeah, you know, like something short. So I'm thinking, I, I, I don't really think that this is plausible, but maybe that you had something going on with your eye that it was fucking up your vision and it just lasted a really long time. I mean, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds, in, it sounds improbable, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I want to get to the bottom of it. If you're an optometrist or an ophthalmologist or just some fucking nerd that knows shit about eyes, letters at sickboypodcast.com. Let me know. Yeah. I mean, this is really a call out to all our sleuths. Yeah. Yeah. This is for those internet sleuths to get to the the bottom of it. I really am fucking, I'm also kind of annoyed because I I bought two pairs of glasses and glasses are are cheap. But are they? No, it really, it really fucking irritates me. Yeah. It's like, have you ever put someone's glasses on that? Aren't yours? Yeah, yeah. And like fl- after yeah. five minutes, you're like, oh, Jesus. Well, Christ. I mean, worst case scenario, which is also the best case scenario, <clears throat> you don't need glasses. Yeah, I guess. And then so. you got the glasses, but you can just pop them out and get like some super cheap, <sighs> uh, clear, um, no prescription frames. And then you and Brian can definitely swap yeah. and trade. And I would that. rather get hit by a car on my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been there, been there, done that. It's not that I took, I took the summer off. Guys, it was it, really nice. It would be impossible for us to get to the bottom of this because um, we don't even know what an astigmatism is. Yeah, I don't even know. Actually, you said it wrong. It's an astigmatism. I don't even know. Do you have to say it's a or a? It's like a possum. Uh-huh. It's spelt astigmatism. But a possum is a possum, not not uh, a possum. 
it's, it's, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even like know what a astigmatism is. An astigmatism. An astigmatism. An astigmatism. An I hate this podcast. And <laughs> we love you. Um, on on is like on top of something. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna move right on. <laughs> on. We're moving right along. Um, um, and uh, here's a here's a an actual feel good Friday story that I tried to get in last week, but we didn't have time. Um, this is one of the cutest things I think I've ever seen. And, uh, actually this was brought to my attention by one of our patrons. I don't remember who sent this our way. It actually might've been Lauren. Um, first grader wears mask for school picture because his mom told him not to take it off Uh, at school. Yeah. I saw that. This is so fucking (laughs) cute. When picture day came around at Mason people's elementary school in Las Vegas, the, the, the first grader was ready. He picked out his favorite shirt, which happened to match his mask and practice his best smile that morning for his mom. Quote, my son actually lost four teeth within the last few weeks to a month. So he was proud of his smile. His mom told uh, his mom, Nicole Peoples, told CNN. She said he was a little she was a little shocked when the six year old told her he'd kept his mask on for his picture because she told him because she told him that he should only take it off at school to eat. Quote, we had a conversation at the beginning of school about the importance of safety and how germs can be spread if he didn't have his mask on. So he makes sure to have it on at all times, people said. The photographer said it would be okay for him to take his mask off for the photo, but he politely declined. Quote, I said, no, thank you. My mom told me I can't, Mason told CNN. (laughs) Mason is a rule follower, his mom said, and even makes his bed and cleans his room like he's supposed to. What a fucking good boy. Uh, his, his mom his mom was really proud of him and so she shared the story on Facebook where it circulated widely this is amazing lots of people wanted to do something nice for Mason or buy him a treat so she set up a GoFundMe page with a $7 goal uh, it has raised over $13,000 no, which his mom said will go to his college fund it's oh, a good way to capitalize wow. on it. That that's is, viral, that's pretty uh, good. I mean, especially yeah. since that's like what, like two percent of his college, U.S. college tuition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Peoples went on to say, "This is a little bit sad." Peoples went on to say that uh, her grandfather, who raised her, was more like her dad, died in January from COVID nineteen. Oh, quote: He was very significant. He was a very significant part of our daily life. So Mason was impacted. They've seen it firsthand. Peoples said. So that experience really made Mason want to wear his mask. And know that it's protecting not only him, but other people, his elders, and other people around him. Even with the mask, she could see he was making his determined face. Quote, you can see that twinkle in his eye for sure. Do you want to see the photo? Yeah. Look at this fucking... (laughs) You can tell he's he's totally totally cheesing underneath that mask. We were just just messing with you, buddy. You're not a nerd. Yeah, um, just, he might be. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, he might be, but you're following. You're following Nerd. the rules, and and you know, nerds are you're, nerds are just people who go deep on uh, on stuff they're passionate about. So That's right. I was um, I was a nerd in school for sure. I, uh, I I I this this speaks to me because I I, I COVID COVID is uh, COVID is affecting <clears throat> kids in ways that that are already starting to show themselves, but we, but in definitely in ways that we don't fully understand and won't for a while. But my nephew has, he's, he's really young. He's, he's six now. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, when he, when the pandemic started, he was four. He just turned on. He just, and you know what I mean? And so there's, it's a crucial period of growth 
and he's absorbing all of these things and rules around mm-hmm. COVID that are like specific to COVID era, which is only, you know, in our lifetimes is like a small piece of what we've had to experience. So we yeah. don't think about it the same way. And I saw he got sick. This was months and months ago. And, you know, he got sick and uh, he took, a, you know, they went and got COVID tests and the whole family went and got COVID tests and uh, they were waiting for their test to come, come back. And we went over to, to visit them outside because it was for some occasion. And so we went outside and, and we came to the door and we were just basically going over to say hello and like drop off a, 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 a gift for him or like a treat for him while he was sick. And, uh, and he came to the door and he was so afraid to come to the door, oh, buddy. even to be on the other side of a glass door yeah. from us because, you know, he had been told you're, you know, you're, you, you're sick and, you know, we're, we're waiting to see if you have COVID and you don't want to get anybody else sick. And he took that so yeah. seriously. Yeah. So he was, I mean, you could see the fear on his face just being, just being within 10 feet of us with a door in between us. I mean, he mm. was, he was terrified. It's, see, it's stories like those that, that are the reason why I attend the rallies that are happening. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and I, and it is interesting though, to think like about the, you know, it's like when I think about the global event that had an effect on us in our youth into our adulthood. 9-11? Yeah, I, I think about 9-11. Yeah. And, you know, there's... I, I don't know enough about that, the social impacts of that, to see how it's affected my day-to-day life now. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's studied this broadly and, and could really, like, pinpoint those mm-hmm. things. But, you know, it's like thinking about... Even just even just like going to the airport, like the standard oh, yeah. thing that we go through that's just like a part of the experience of going to the airport that didn't exist before that thing happening. Yeah, like and no more photos in cockpits and stuff like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Like actually a, a, yeah, yeah. a global I remember doing of, that as a young child. And yeah. Like, you don't fucking fuck yeah. that'll never happen again, you know? Yeah. Like so I mean it, there's a global tainting of Islam. Yeah, yes, yeah. Like yeah. That, 100%. that that persists today yeah. where where stereo they're like you know terrible stereotypes are are laid across mm-hmm. anybody um uh any muslim person you know because of that and and that has i mean that has shaped yeah so much of our of our world over the last yeah. years but it's interesting to think about the pandemic specifically and kids nowadays because like you know when 9-11 happened i was like 12 years old and i was sent home from school and then you know the news for months and months and months was just talking about 9-11 but like in terms of like our like the way it actually affected our day-to-day lives was not super um, right because it wasn't prominent here it wasn't perpetually happening right but like these kids like it kind of was though but like in in weird secret type like like nsa type shit you know it's like it right. re- like, and I'm not saying that to be like tinfoil hattie. I, I mean, like ways that you weren't aware of. Yeah, ways that you weren't yeah. aware of. Like, like it literally changed the landscape of the way we use the internet yeah. and the way that we interact with like the apps on yeah. our phones, Just, like those types of things. Totally. That, and I mean, and I mean, like not in as much of an evident way that COVID nineteen has affected right. kids nowadays. And like that, that story of your your nephew Tay. Like, yeah, that's fucking. It's sad because, and he might carry that forever, and that that perception of of 
him being sick or being around somebody who's sick. He will. Which like to a degree is, is probably half helpful, you yeah, know, in the way yeah. that he's like mindful of distance of somebody who's sick or keeping his distance when he's sick. But, you know, at least now it takes the form of something that's extreme. It's going to be very fascinating to see, you know, looking back in like 15 years. Yeah. To see what social norms sort of developed out of just yeah. the... Mm-hmm. The process Man, of what we went through. It's, it's crazy too. I've been watching the the morning show season two, and and it uh, is basically covering. They they rewrote it to reflect the COVID nineteen pandemic mm-hmm. and and the start of like news covering it in the beginning. And it's crazy to think about like back to the start when I yeah. I started working from home and I was like, oh, it's gonna be like this for two weeks. And yeah. how yeah. that is yeah. just and there's that totally scene that forever now. There's that scene at the in in one of the first few episodes of the second season. I'm watching it too, you know, Brian. And um when one of the anchors on the show comes to the producer and says, Hey, I want to cover uh this coronavirus that's uh spreading in China. You know, can I get a two minute segment for it? And the producer's like, Oh my god, like how like why do we need to find time for that? There's going to be you know we've got the the you know the Donald Trump has been impeached. You know this thing has happened. That thing has happened. Like and they name all of these events that you forget were, were happening like at the time, dominating the news cycle yeah. at that time before COVID happened. And then obviously there's been lots of stuff that has happened besides COVID, but everything has happened within the context of COVID. Like everything that has happened since. COVID started spreading worldwide. Everything is within the context of it. Mm. Yo guys, it's uh it's feel good Friday. So what's, what's your favorite thing that has happened since the pandemic started? Ooh. Um, Becoming a part of the CBC family. There you go. Uh, <laughs> something that I can't talk about yet. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay yeah, right. For me, it's getting a dog. Oh yeah, I guess donuts. Donuts okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been lots of stuff. Like, like I I used to be on a I used to be on a on a pretty strict and expected schedule throughout the year, where from May until uh, like October or November, I was here. Maybe like probably September, I was here, and then from September until. November, it was like a lot of traveling with the podcast. And then from January until April, it was like traveling with yoga and being out. And, and so I felt like my, my year was very segmented and like it was hard to get stuff done because of that, because Mm -hmm. it, because it like in my mind, it felt like I was segmented and I only had like this many months to do things for this. And this many months I was Mm -hmm. tied up with that. And now since I haven't been traveling, like I do feel like I've got a lot more, time to like work on shit. I feel less bogged down in the day to day and more like I can look out into the future a little bit yeah. easier. You know, what sucks is the feeling that like when I ask that question, I'm like, you know, I know that it's been the pandemic for the last couple of years and we have to be bummed out because like it's been a global pandemic and lots of people have died and all these bad things have happened. But like it's, it's funny that you sort of, when bad things are happening, you have to be sad. You have to sort of like, look, and I mean that you don't, you don't have to be, but it's sort of like, it feels weird or unnatural to look at the good things 
Um, and which is, yeah. can be really hard to do. That's but what makes a gratitude practice challenging sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, my glass is half full all the time. I mean, you know, hit me with a car and break my fucking hip and I'm, 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 I'm gravy. Like, I don't, I can't say the same. Um, uh, but <laughs> it's like it, it, it's, it actually is hard for me to think about that, that question, Brad, because like not only did COVID happen, but like there was a bunch of shit that happened in yeah. that, in the span of a year and a half. That's like, dude, up until COVID started, I was like, life's amazing. And then mm. COVID started. And then it was like, you know, fucking break up, in, break up with my girlfriend father-in-law passed away my da- dog died my 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 fucking grandmother-in-law died my you know like there's just like a whole slew of bullshit yeah that that came with it so it's it is it's not just the pandemic it's like it Dude, feels, yeah like but, but then part of me is like is it does do, do those things just feel do those things feel extraordinarily <clears throat> greater in terms of the like hurt because it's all wrapped up under this one giant tragic thing that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think like that, I if think... it wasn't for COVID, would those things be a lot easier to would going through a breakup be a lot easier to manage? Would losing my dog be a lot easier to manage? Or it's like could be harder. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I mean, feel it's, like it's I feel everything the man. I feel, yeah. It's like we said earlier, like the everything everything since the pandemic started has happened within the context of the pandemic. Yeah. It's not just a standalone event. I mean, if you look at like for example, like right now there's a there's uh there's like a really big uh oil supply issue in the world. And that's not just an oil supply issue, it's an oil supply issue in the global co- pandemic. In, in the in a global pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it can't separate itself from the fact that there's a global pandemic happening yeah. that's also contributing Dude, to it. Dude, this is why I don't want to get into investing because I feel like you're so in tune with all the shitty things that are happening in the world because I had no idea there was Doom an oil... scrolling. Like, yeah. <laughs> like nothing yeah. going... That there was something going on with the oil supply because I just don't... I don't watch the <laughs> stock market. I don't... I haven't been watching the news. Well, but in, India said it has four more days of coal reserves left in the country. So that's a, Jeez, it's, yeah, that's, it's not that's, good. Um, the other thing, bad. the other thing that, that I wanted to say to that too, Jerry is like, you know, I like, I don't even have a reason to be feeling bad other than the fact that it's a global pandemic and I've been feeling shitty yeah. lately. So like, you know, there, I guess it's just, it's just, yeah, we're human beings and yeah. we feel all these things and sometimes people find ways to feel good about things yeah. and sometimes people can't. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl! Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Well, on that feeling. note. Uh, on that note, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Feel Good Friday is always a roller coaster. And like, here's another uh, thing to feel shitty about. Uh, this is a post <laughs> from Nahid. And uh, mostly it's it's for the, the people of Alberta to feel shitty about. And uh, I know we've been picking on Alberta a lot uh, over the last uh, couple of months. But 
you know, we, we love we love our Albertans. You've just been, feed, you're just been hey, feeding us. You are just feeding us the goods. Yeah. And this post from Nahid, which is actually a little bit old news, but this came out last week. Uh, this is this is what Nahid said on Instagram. I'm going to follow it up with the with the um, uh, I believe it's City TV news our, um, uh, news piece that goes with it. Uh, Nahid's post. You, you just can't make this stuff up. A number of people from Edson, Alberta, are critically ill in the ICU after attending a covid party where they hoped to achieve natural immunity. Imagine going into a covid party while life saving surgeries are being canceled for people with cancer. Misinformation is deadly. Here's the article, or here's the piece. Sources tell City News that a party here in Edson, two hours west of Edmonton, has sent, quote, a lot of Edson residents into Edmonton's already overwhelmed and full ICUs. One person we spoke to outside of the hospital in town said she knew of a party happening outside of town two weeks ago that had sent some to the Edson Hospital. We're told a number of Edmonton ICU cases come from a party that was held in an attempt to get COVID-19 as a way to achieve natural herd immunity and produce antibodies, similar to chickenpox parties where children are intentionally exposed to the virus. Dr. Lauren Tyrell, a virology expert from the University of Alberta, says COVID-19 is much deadlier. It's just unbelievable and it's very sad and very irresponsible to think you would get good immunity from the virus without getting serious disease. And, you know, it carries a mortality rate of nearly. Uh... See, this is a, <clears throat> this is really. is wild. This is really, because it really comes down to, it really comes down to when something affects everybody, you get wild interpretations of information. Oh, yeah. And the problem here is that while you do get immunity from getting COVID, like you, you you do, and it and and the the for for a period of time, yeah, just like the vaccine, yeah, the, for a period of time, it's showing now that the vaccine is is you know there's obviously six months or so, and and there's different studies from different places. But whether you get whether you get the vaccine or you get or you get COVID, both will give you some sort of immunity. And it seems like that studies are showing there, there's a particular study that is showing that it is greater immunity for getting COVID. The stupidity is in thinking that it's a good idea to get COVID. Yeah. Because, because <laughs> by getting COVID, it's like, yeah, well, if you happen to get COVID because of the fact that there's a fucking pandemic and it just hap you happen to get it, okay, cool. You've got some immunity. You even get better immunity if you get COVID and then get the vaccine. Okay. It's just a dumb interpretation of the information. It's just, it's just crazy because you can actually accomplish the same goal of getting antibodies and immunity if you just get the vaccine. Yeah, have a vaccine party. <laughs> Which is fucking Like, just crazy. have a vaccine party, bro. It's crazy what? that... I gotta ask, though, what do you think that party was like? <laughs> I think they probably just had a party and they were like... But do you think? Do you think they I really, had, I was, really, there a, was there a I source? Really, was there a source? I stereotype like to, think, the I like to picture this, like, cult-esque... Part it's like an orgy party where they like <laughs> where they like they brought some unwilling per participant who was like sick with COVID and like like coaxed them in yeah. to this party. They're like, yeah, no, just come on. We're gonna we're like all gonna hang out. And then they like bring them into a room and they're all wearing masks and the 
They like no, they don't wear masks. Yeah, yeah no, 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 not not uh, COVID masks. Sorry, um, just <laughs> eye masks like um, holes in the no. face. The, the, the masks from uh, uh, fucking eyes wide shut. You know, like very <laughs> non COVID friendly masks. Right, right. And then they make the COVID person stand uh, in the room, in the center of the room, and they all circle around them and light some candles and say some. You know what's fucked is that you have two. Okay, imagine you had two options. You're very anti vax, but you have two options. One is to go to this house party where. You got like somebody's gonna spit in a cup and they're they have they're just COVID, all spitting and each then other's you have to mouths, drinking yeah. or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. or or like I mean or, it is Edson, so my <laughs> guess is that they were all doing like one guy was doing dip, <laughs> spitting in the cup, being like, er, er, and somebody er, the dip, er, <clears throat> drink from this, <laughs> yeah, that, dude, that's oh, thank, uh, or the second uh, option is oh, going thank to you, <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> oh God, that's really. Sad. Yeah, I'm from Edson. You guys, you get it? Yeah, I do get it. Yeah, he's from West Virginia too. Um. I'm just I, kidding, I, uh, folks. Sad, I know yes. we have a lot of this listeners in Edson, and we do love you, and uh, glad that you didn't attend that party. I wonder I, how many ophthalmologists in Edson. Yeah. Listen to this I, I really do. I really just do think that it, like it's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate uh, event in misinterpretation of information. Like, yeah. like people thinking, oh, if I get COVID, I'll get immunity once I heal from it. But it's like you've got a. You've got a, you've got a chance to be hospitalized from it. So like, why are you getting the thing that? Yeah. that would do that? And, and then the fact that like, you're just, well, they, they also probably are thinking that getting the vaccine is just going to like, like wipe their memory. And like, this is the, this is the thing that that's been, that has been um, frustrating me um, ever since I, and I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the, on the podcast about there was an article and it was a physician, an ICU physician in somewhere in the GTA, greater Toronto area. And they Thanks were clarifying that. Well, I mean, some people dude, a lot of people don't know what, a, what I, some people might be like fucking in grand theft auto, a grand theft it's auto good. doctor. It's, it's, it's good that you clarified. Yeah. Anyway. And <laughs> she was talking about patients who were in the ICU, who hadn't been vaccinated, who were, who, who were in the ICU with COVID. And like really horrible and sad conversations that this physician was having with patients who mm. were, who were, you know, some were begging to get the vaccine because they were, you know, and all these stories of regret and, um, and looking back and wishing they had done things different because they're knocking on death's door and they obviously don't want to die. And, um, and I had this thought like, okay, you get COVID and there's a, there's a, Sorry, let, let's start with the vaccine. You get the vaccine, okay? If you give everybody on the planet the same thing, no matter what it is, some people are going to react poorly to it. They just, they just will. Yeah, you give everybody on the planet peanuts. Uh, yeah, no Henry Bar. And some ninety-eight percent of the planet's going to go ninety-nine. Mm, no, not mm, even ninety-eight. Mm. Ninety and then ninety-nine point nine nine nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like a crazy the the super super ultra majority and. The same thing is going to be done, said with the vaccine. If you give the vaccine, try to give the vaccine to 7.8 billion people, then you're going to have things that people have bad reactions to it, but you're going to get 99.9999999 whatever percent people that are, are great, are gravy mm-hmm. with it. Now, so you've got that tiny, tiny fractional, like <clears throat> super small fractional chance that you have a bad reaction to it. And that would be shitty. And that's horrible. And I'm yeah. not saying that that's not horrible. Of course it is. Um, and it is a risk, albeit very small. With COVID, 
you could say that there is also a very small risk depending on your age, depending on your health background and everything. There's risks associated with getting COVID. But even at their smallest risk, that risk is much greater than the vaccine risk, like magnitudes bigger. Mm-hmm. And so you've got these two, I mean, now I'm talking at these people are thinking about this rationally, which a lot of people are not. But if you're looking at it rationally, you're going, okay, there's a two super, 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 super small risk in both. But one of them is relatively way bigger than the other. Which one do you choose? I mean, rationally, get the fucking vaccine. Yeah. Like, that's just, I, just how I it is. I think the thing, too, that a lot of anti-vaxxers, I, I, I think that a lot of anti-vaxxers don't even, like, they acknowledge that that is true. That they're, the relative you know, differences, it would be a lot better to get the vaccine. I think a lot of them just don't want the government telling them that they have to do yeah. this thing. There's a, which, there's a sense of that. Which is, sure. is fair and understandable in the sense that, like, I can under, I could see where that would set a precedent that would be, you know, down the road, you'd be like, oh, fuck. But like the the thing that they have to understand is that this is not like it's not just like things were going normal and then we yeah. decided to do this. It's a fucking global pandemic. There's like, no there's no doubt that there are things happening and have been happening since the start of the pandemic that that governments have had to do or feel they have to do. Maybe is a better way to phrase that that go against a lot of principles like founding principles in said government Canadian or US. So for example, I saw something this morning or yesterday that was about, um, I can't remember where it was. It was a ban on, on, um, protesting outside. I think it was in BC, a ban on protesting outside hospitals. They did it in Quebec. I know Quebec. So that's where, that's where it was. Yeah. Quebec banned, uh, uh, um, protests outside of hospitals and, uh, something else. So it's hospitals and some, some government officials, probably, houses. probably government officials houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, and you know, and the intent is they want to do this because like those, those the, like, like there's a global pandemic and you're disrupting the ability to, to, uh, you know, take care of people. It is funny that people are banging their pots, but, but, like but, but a if, year ago. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now just they're a little doing, bit of a different, now they're doing them pot. for a different, but reason. if you zoomed yeah. out, but if you yeah. zoomed out from that and you didn't say, and you didn't give context to hospital, not being able, and yeah. you said government bans. Yeah. Peaceful protest, peaceful, stupid, maybe, but peaceful. Yes. Government bans, peaceful protest. <laughs> that's something that Pretty much everybody everybody would be very not cool with that. And that's had to happen because we've gone, we've just gone to a place where, where you got to do that. The thing that fucking drives me bananas is when people start comparing these situations to other like movements that have been happening lately. Like, like I'm not going to get the vaccine because my body, my choice. It's like, those are, those are two different things. They're, they're completely different things. When you're talking about abortion rights and vaccines, it's not the fucking same thing. Because if you don't get vaccinated, then you can spread a virus to other people. If you want to choose to get an abortion, it affects nobody else. It's your it's, it's your, your decision, right? Yeah. So so like when I, I hate when they start drawing parallels to other fucking things that are just completely two separate issues, and you cannot pl- apply the same logic to them. It's fucking yeah. insane. Another unfortunate event. No <laughs> um, good Friday. Uh, just keep rolling along. But you might like this one. Missing drunk man spent hours helping a search party look for himself. I, I like this. Sorry, one. say that again. <laughs> a missing man in Turkey accidentally joined his own search party. Oh my and God. looked for himself for hours before he realized he was the target of the rescue mission. 
Uh, this is from Vice. According to local media reports, uh, Behan Mutlu, a 50-year-old man from a rural region in Turkey, was out drinking with his friends when he wandered off into a nearby forest and didn't return. Worried about him, his friends then alerted authorities who set up a search party and a search and rescue mission to find him. According to Turkish channel NTV, when news of the missing man got out, efforts to find him intensified in nearby neighborhoods with a large group of volunteers joining the mission. The search party was... God damn it, Donut. <laughs> he just ripped down that plant. Well, oh, my now, God. Now he knows. Uh, the search party um, uh, was was calling out Matulu's name for hours when suddenly a man from within the group spoke up and reportedly said, who are we looking for? I'm here. <laughs> oh uh, it is God. unclear how Matulu found himself in his own search party or how his friends didn't realize he was right under their nose the whole time. Police were able to safely escort Matulu to his home. This isn't the first time a missing person joined their own rescue mission. In 2012, an Asian tourist who went missing in Iceland was also found in her own search party after she reportedly failed to recognize her own description. I love that. You know, it's really funny. I love a good drunk story, and that's a real good drunk story. I like that they were like, it's it's incredible that their his friends didn't notice, considering he was like right under their noses. It's like they were fucking wasted too. Yeah, they were all fucking wasted. Yeah. Um, Earlier today, we uh, we had the absolute pleasure of recording an episode with uh, our good friend Keith MacArthur, who is the host of CBC's Unlocking Bryson's Brain. And uh, he has a new podcast called Unlocking the Fountain, which is all about um, basically trying to find the answers to the fountain of youth and, and speaking with uh, people in the field of, um, of longevity. And a uh, fascinating episode that we recorded. It's going to be coming out in a few weeks. Can't wait for you all to hear it. But in, uh, in line with that, something that popped up on, um, on Instagram this week uh, from BBC News. This was sent to us by our patron, Sadie. Thank you, Sadie. Um, this is from BBC News. A man from Eritrea has died at the age of 127. His family has said, expressing the hope that Natabe Tinsu will earn a place in the Guinness Book of World Records as the oldest person to have ever lived. Quote, patience, generosity, and a joyful life, unquote, were the secrets behind him living so long, his, grand, his grandson, Zeri Natabe, said, adding that church records, including his birth certificate, showed he was born in 1894. Wow. The year he was baptized, yes. which would make him 127 at the time of his death. Now, he got his driver's license here's a, in 1910. Here's a photo of... Uh, <laughs> dude, didn't even have cars I don't, Yeah, I think the Model T was made in 1910. <laughs> I think you might be right. Um, and you probably didn't need a driver's license. <laughs> he, he <laughs> certainly didn't. Uh, but now you need a fucking license. Dude, that's an infringement on our freedoms. Yeah, right. <laughs> here's a photo of the guy. Oh, dude. Did he live to be 127 or he's just his body is physically 127 I can't tell if he's alive or dead in this photo. <laughs> See, you know, Imagine that. I mean, other than um, the fact that he looks like he doesn't have eyes, um, he looks or an ounce of, of, pretty good. of H2O in his body. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Yeah, like yeah, he just does. looks like a weathered, like he looks like, like 70 year old. I don't yeah. mean to be rude. But he literally looks like one of the mummies that were at the, the Museum of, of London. But I mean, you see this guy in the street. Out of the context. If I saw this guy on the street, I would immediately call 
No. Or 911. No, you wouldn't. No, yes. he looks good. He doesn't look that bad. Actually, looks, his skin looks in good condition. He doesn't look... I would never guess that he was older than 90. If I saw him on the street right now, I would say Halloween is still... A couple of weeks away. Yo, Jer, I think your eyes are still fucked up. You got to go see a. You got to go see an, an optometrist, or maybe know, even a, maybe this, even an ophthalmologist. This guy looks like he's about to summon the fucking uh, the scorpion king. You know when, when that's we because were, of the cane he's got. He after, looks biblical. After seeing this photo, um, I was thinking this when we were talking to Keith. I didn't say it, but uh, uh, Keith did mention that a lot of people try to sort of like fabricate the fact that claims yeah i don't think he's the one fabricating i think it's his family exactly i don't think it was him either because i think he's a senile 80 year old man and they're like you know he's dead now you know what you think well now he's not you think that's 80 uh i think this guy looks 120 okay well you know what we're gonna post this on instagram i'm gonna post this on instagram since i'm the social daddy and we're gonna we're gonna get a we're gonna i want you to just Tell us what you think this guy we looks like. We should post like. it before this episode comes in. We should just say, yes, how right. old is this person? Yeah, how old is... Yes, that's right. How old because, is this person? And and so you so you listening, you'll have seen it, obviously, because you follow us on, on Instagram at Sick Boy Podcast. And you're going to tell us how old you think this person is. And then you're going to find out while you're watching this, because obviously you're watching this on your... your how old would you have Apple guessed? Apple Podcasts, Spotify. How old would I would have said, said I would have actually I would have actually said ninety eight probably. If what, I don't have, have if said? I don't have the context of his age yet, I would say, I mean his eyes, like his skin looks good. I would say he's eighty five. Oh my tonight, god, tonight, what eighty five? Yeah, what the fuck? You could also, Jerry, you're just you're just tainted by the fact that you knew he's one hundred and twenty seven. No, I would have said yeah. that guy. I would have I would have seriously guessed one hundred and eight. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Have. Let's I would have. Let's see what. Let's Dude, see what are you kidding me? I, do, do, do I wish I had the fucking picture here? The 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 nun, the second oldest woman on on Earth who survived COVID. Yeah, but once you get to a certain age, you just look old. Like you can't. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like it's like a baby. Yeah. It's like how many weeks is this baby? Like, yeah. Who yeah. fucking knows? Guys, I was saying my dog was like five and a half months old, and then I actually did the math, and I was like, oh shit, he's not even four and a half months old. No, nah, man. Yeah. It's easy to like, uh, like don't, no. donuts five months in like shit. a week, nah. yeah, 10 days. God, <laughs> shit. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Well, that guy's old as fuck <laughs> or was old as fuck, obviously. Um, uh, yo, Tay, you came across something kind of interesting about, uh, I did about hot sauce saving our lives or I, some shit. I did. Um, I was reading this this morning. This was in my, uh, this is in my morning roundup. I don't know if you guys can tell this. There's gotta have, there's gotta be some financial implication. There is no financial implication in this. This is Jeez. a, see, so I subscribe to, Jeez. I subscribe to two morning newsletters. One is called wall street breakfast. It's very great. It's from uh, seeking alpha. I highly recommend it if you're into the markets and the other is called morning brew. And Morning Brew is actually really great. It's got a comedic tone to it. Everything is written with a lot of sarcasm. Sure, it's not Morning Bro. It's called Morning <laughs> Brew. It's called Morning Brew. Uh, B R U. Uh, good morning, Brew. And uh, and it's actually B R E W. Just so you know, uh, I highly recommend it. It's like a roundup, some financial, global, you know, just global events like pop culture stuff. It's really great. Um, so I'm cruising through that this morning. And at the very bottom. Of it, uh, you have donut. You're just gonna take that ceramic bowl. Well, he's really just going at it. Eh? You really are. Oh, come on, dude. You're gonna. You're gonna. Come on. I suddenly don't feel bad about my notifications being on on my iPad. You're gonna break this. Yeah, I know. Donuts. Donut. Yeah, donuts twice as. Grab that bowl. <laughs> no bowl for you, donut. So I'm going through this, and I and I I read that um, I see hot peppers, and you know we're we're fans of hot peppers here at Sick Boy. 
um, and fans of. I was. You were. Well, okay. Well, okay. Um, and I read that the Nobel Prize in physiology or medicine was awarded yesterday, just yesterday as we record this, to two people. Co- so jointly given to uh, two two um, doctors, David, Jul- David Julius and Artem Patapushin, I think is how you pronounce his name, I'm guessing. Um, and this was for their discovery of genetic receptors receptors for temperature and touch. So they they basically through reading this through reading through the the Nobel Prize um the Nobel Prize site and oh my god donut you got donut you got to relax buddy you're you're going to he's going to kill you. Yeah, it's bad. It's going to here he goes. Well, you just put him down on the table. Put him down on the table. <laughs> so through reading the uh, Nobel Prize site um, and a little bit of a, a deeper dive on the from the newsletter piece, um, you can see that these uh, that basically the the um, nerve the nervous system receptors and the way in which we 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 interact and understand our our environment around us is like not a fully clear picture, and so. Um, there are ways in which we, you know, the way we, the way that we smell things and how that like then interacts with our brain and mm-hmm. that, and how we, how we can determine that there's, you know, uh, something out there that we need to avoid or that we should go towards or whatever. Some of those things are understood and some of them aren't. And so basically for this, the, the actual, uh, like genetic, um, uh, receptors for, uh, temperature and touch were like previously unknown. So that's like Ooh. a big implication. But it'd be hard to test with temperature and touch because like you would traditionally think that temperature temperature and touch would have to be studied by somebody like touching something fucking hot or like right. cold or like. Right. Well, and, and, and it kind of, this has a bit of a link to, <laughs> we had the conversation with, um, I'm blanking on his name now, but we had the conversation with the pain doc. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that one of the ways in which they measure pain objectively or as objectively as they can is they get, they heat up, they, they get somebody to grab something metal mm. and they gradually heat that up. Yeah. And then they gauge the, 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 the point at which that person cannot hold on to that thing anymore. And that's how they um, gauge pain or a popular way that they gauge pain. Okay. So this is a, this is a, 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 a piece from the uh, Nobel, uh, Nobel article, David Julius, and this is where the hot, the hot uh, pepper comes into play. David Julius utilized, cap, how do you say this? Capsaicin? Capsaicin. Capsaicin, a pungent compound from chili peppers that induces a burning sensation to identify a sensor in the nerve endings of the skin that responds to heat. Artem uh, Patapushin used pressure-sensitive cells to discover a novel class of sensors that respond to mechanical stimuli in the skin and internal organs. These breakthrough discoveries launched intense research activities leading to a rapid increase in our understanding of how our nervous system senses heat, cold, and mechanical stimuli. The laureates, Nobel laureates, identified critical missing links in our understanding of the complex interplay between our senses and the environment. Okay, so capsaicin was already known to activate nerve cells that cause pain sensations. Duh. Okay? (laughs) But not necessarily... Because it's uncomfortable, but I don't know if I would have, before reading that, would have thought that it's painful. I would. 
I mean, I get it. Now that I read it, I go, yeah, I guess I've that makes there. sense. But it, it, you know, it's it's deeply uncomfortable. Obviously, isn't that what pain is? Like a like I suppose cause, causes discomfort. I suppose, and I guess like low level pain is discomfort, and then higher level pain is what we would say is pain. Like we mm. have different vocabulary for the spectrum. But how this chemical actually, so this is going back, but how this chemical actually exerted this function was an unsolved riddle. This is capsaicin. Yeah. Yeah. Through experiments using capsaicin, the chemical that makes peppers hot, Dr. Julius identified a specific sensor in our nerves that signals pain and heat sensations. According to the Nobel Committee, the scientists identified critical missing links. I said that before, our understanding of how bodies respond to the environment and their research has led to a rapid increase in our understanding of our nervous system. Their discoveries could lead to the development of non-opioid painkillers and treatments mm. for a wide range of disease conditions, including chronic pain, Whoa. which is interesting. Wow. Okay. So um, that's obviously very, I mean, in the, especially the non-opioid, you know, finding, that's an, why, that's finding for an alternative. That's sure why they won the Nobel Prize. Probably, yeah, because, because obviously opioid, opioids are the, you know, the, the thing, du jour, the, the topic du jour and they're fucking killing everybody. Yeah. And they're fucking horrible. Because otherwise, it's just a really interesting scientific dis uh, discovery. But like, it's yeah. not, it doesn't have that same. I shouldn't say that like, opioids are horrible. They're actually super helpful. There's just a massive downside to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're yeah. not, yeah, they're not true. the greatest. Yeah. So if you can find an alternative that, you know, does the same thing effectively without the downside, then that's obviously preferred. Um, so, you know, I was thinking that, um, you know, in light of this, in light of this discovery, that the three of us could <sighs> could 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 see how could, how in touch we are with our heat sensors. We could honor this study, perhaps. And um, you know, for all of our listeners out there, this is going to be something that you're really going to want to <clears throat> head on over to YouTube for because um, I brought in a sauce that has lived in my uh, a hot sauce that has lived in my fridge for quite a while now. I think I probably won't end up using it all. I wouldn't use all of this. This I would will fucking hope you don't use it all. This will never run out for my whole lifetime because you only need so much, guys, to I, really to really have a crazy experience. So this this right here, this is what we're dealing with here. It's called the bomb. Called the bomb. I'm a huge familiar fan. with folks and who watch. Um, you've seen hot ones. hot ones, which this is the one hot sauce I believe out of the entire catalog of hot sauces that they've used on the show. I think there's six, maybe seven seasons in now. It's the one sauce that has been through the entire series. Yeah, I, saw, I actually saw a Hot Ones episode the other day where where the guest said, oh, is this the joke one? Yeah. Is this the one that you just put in here to fuck with people? Yeah. yeah. And this is that one. <laughs> um, we have it now. And, you know, we came, we came to actually own this through a funny story. For some reason, there's a really random hot sauce story in like a really obscure underground mall. And it's still there. And it's still there. Still, yeah, did not crazy. shut that fucking thing. I, I don't down. know how. And Brian bought it one day and can because he saw that they had this hot one sauce. And so what we're gonna do is we're going to we're gonna have some, and uh, we're gonna do the last part of the show, enduring the heat from this. Okay? Yeah, we're literally gonna do the credits of the show um, with this sauce. So why don't you prep a few fuck sakes, prep a few chips? Okay. <sighs> I really don't want to do this i want to get the sound yeah great the audio i don't want to do this because i have uh i have somewhere to be in 10 minutes and i feel like this is gonna ruin my night no, i'm gonna pick fine. i'm gonna pick three good sized chips for us okay yeah. okay one chip each all right okay. don't don't let, let's not fucking overdo this 
Let's overdo it. Let's not. No, no, let's no, not no. underdo it. Either. Let's certainly let's, not underdo let's, it. Let's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Certainly not underdo it. It smells um, like it's gonna kill you. The thing that I was uh, wondering is, do you think that it's just a sensation, or can this actually hurt you? Can spice actually hurt you? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. How? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It does hurt you. <laughs> do you not remember the fucking wings I ate in Fredericton? Yeah, but that like, hurt me. But did it do? It didn't do lasting. I damage. bled out my asshole. It didn't do lasting damage. <laughs> I almost prolapsed. All right, are you guys ready for <laughs> this? Squeeze really okay, hard. now just for everybody at home, everybody at home, this is gonna last. This Maybe is this is gonna stay with us for about half an hour. I feel like Taylor did me dirty. No, I didn't. I did all <laughs> of us equal. All right, here we go. We're all gonna right. do the credits. Ready? Fuck. As soon as soon as you do it. Oh my god! All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, oh fuck! This is actually awful. I could do like four more of those. No, you can't. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you've been supporting the show, we we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or review. If you're listening on Spotify, fuck. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button. And uh, we're also on the CBC Listen app. Dude, fuck. Yeah, it's hardcore. I might throw up. No. Um, and thanks, thanks to all our patrons. And um, if um, if you've ever had uh, <clears throat> hot sauce that's really fucked your shit up, send us a letter to letters at sickboypodcast.com and tell us all about it. Or something to do with the show, anything we talked about today or anything we ever talk about ever. Prep me a, a chip say, with a proper dab. Say that. Well, Brian's really going for it. Um, you can send that letters at sickboypodcast.com. Or if you want to be a guest on the show. Uh. Sickboypodcast.com slash contact. Fill out the guest form. You can uh, maybe you can be on the show. Um, and we have a letter here. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian, Taylor, and Jeremy. <coughs> I listened to your October 1st episode titled Taylor Almost Died. Brian almost killed him. <coughs> Something Brian said caught my attention. Look at what he's about to do. That'll that's not a lot. Oh my god, Brian. Oh wow, I did it. Uh Something Brian said caught my attention. You said Taylor's making a gurgling noises. Same as the guy you had seen pass out at the Calgary airport. I recently had to do CPR on my father-in-law when he went into, when he went into cardiac arrest. And I heard this sound as well. I learned afterwards that there is a medical term for this. It's called agno, <laughs> ag, agonal breathing. It's not true breathing, <coughs> but a brainstem reflex. <laughs> when the body is depraved of oxygen. I'm not a healthcare professional, but what I understand in the, the case of gasping, agonal breathing, if the person is still not responding, CPR should be continued. It's a sign that they are near death and it is a medical emergency. Anyway, just thought that was some important, something important for you to know in case you ever have to do CPR on someone again. Glad to hear Taylor's recovered, and I hope his ribs are feeling better. They are. Laura. <clears throat> Thanks for your letter, Laura. Thanks, I'm Laura. Re- I'm going to reread that later when I can think about what that said. Um, thanks to everybody who makes this show happen. Huge thank you to Rich O'Coin for the theme music. Jeff, o- Jeff, Jeff O'Coin, who's probably his cousin. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Lonis, who's our manager. Taylor and Jerry, I love doing this with you. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Lauren, we still miss you and love you. Oh. How are you doing, ah. Bri? Good. Do that. That's it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.